And welcome to the M City Podcast. I'm Susan. Hello, I'm Amelia. And I'm Chris. And today we are talking about four more episodes of season four of Oz. Because uh, it never seems like it's going to end. Oh my gosh, this is the never-ending season. <laughs> we have medium rare, conversions, revenge is sweet, and cuts like a knife. Cut you. Cut you. That's right, look at that. So, medium rare was written by Tom Fontana and Sunil Nayar, directed by Alex... Zakruski. The theme is news and the media. A TV crew descends on M City. O'Reilly sees the visit as his chance for revenge against the show's anchor, Jack Eldridge, who ran a negative piece on the O'Reilly brothers 15 years earlier. While Beecher and Keller argue over how much to reveal in front of the cameras, McManus tips the show's producer off that the real story lies beneath behind Adebisi's death. Oh, that makes sense. So, yep. Yeah. Oh. I know, he always has to do the right thing. Huh? <laughs> Whether it's really right or not. <laughs> well, this, this show, it started like a new season um, because I think there were, there was a break of a few months in this, in this season four. And, uh, and come that back. Explains why um, Glenn looks so different. Yeah, yeah, he shaved. I didn't know what it was until the next episode. Really? I was, back. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with Glenn's face?" <laughs> Watching the entire episode and had no idea what was what was up. And then the next episode, like, it's starting to grow back in. He's got stubble, mm-hmm. and it was—I don't know if it's the next episode. It might have been two episodes down, but like, that was hilarious because. In the same scene, the stubble had different lengths. Oh, gosh. It was the one with the new secretary. I was uh-huh. like, what the heck is happening here? Oh, he shaved off his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, he, he was going through all kinds of changes in his life. So that that's what happens. I mean, women get their hair cut. Men shave their facial hair. <laughs> he did look much younger. He did. But what's happening, there's a news crew coming to Oz. They're doing a uh, documentary on prisons. Uh, the staff isn't too happy. The prisoners are thrilled because uh, I think Saeed is thinking, you know, he can get his, he, he can tell his story, get his agenda, you know, sell some more books and things. Um, and Glenn, he doesn't care if the prisoners look bad. He just wants his staff not to look bad. Saeed wants to set the record straight about Adebisi's death. Uh, Ryan wants revenge against Jack Eldridge. Because I guess he has nothing better to do than plot revenge against everybody who's ever done anything wrong to him. I was going to say, to be fair, Jack Eldridge is kind of an asshat. He deserved it. (laughs) Yeah. But, well, I guess, yeah, we didn't really see the what the the negative piece was, but I'm sure that it was like at least 75% true. <laughs> well, they described what the negative piece was, didn't they? They said that it was, uh, 
I mean, we didn't see it, but they said that basically it made the uh, brothers come off as brutal and uh, unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. Which is strange, being as they were kind of a gang, and you would want to project that kind of atmosphere. Right. <laughs> like, they, what, they wanted to be seen as kind and gentler mobsters? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but he made their mother cry. That was the big Yeah. That's yeah. how, that's, I felt bad for Cyril there, because, and obviously Ryan's just being Ryan, and doing what he does but he you know he really played up the whole the the piece that had been done it really just damaged their mother which sent Cyril off the deep end I kind of felt bad for him there Mm -hmm. yeah because I mean Ryan you know he planted the seeds that that Eldridge was the one who made her get sick and and you know Ryan was ultimately chosen to be the one in the cell with him overnight and so he uh beat the guy up <laughs> i mean what could he do he like wait a minute you did this to my mom it's your fault that she's dead so ryan got what he wanted yeah which he had to try a couple of times to get what he wanted <laughs> yes i will give him that he's persistent right his his first pick was was uh omar white and that didn't work. <laughs> Omar went off a little too early. <laughs> oh, and yeah, Omar White is a new prisoner this this episode. Um, he was played by Michael Wright. And it took me a while when I first watched this. It's like, oh, he's, he looks really familiar. Who is he? Who is he? And then I uh, looked him up and he was in the... Um, the miniseries and the um and the, the series v that was on in the 80s so that's he was he was a teenager in in that and i recognized him in oz <laughs> wow i watched the i didn't recognize him <laughs> okay <laughs> if you weren't michael ironside you're shit <laughs> and there's our quote for the day there you go yeah <laughs> and and I recognized another person in there too, or at least I thought I did, but I don't know if it was him. Um, <laughs> when the camera crew first goes into M City, the prisoner who's like waving at the camera after Hoyt flashes his penis around, he the the guy looks like just like Kurt Sutter, the showrunner for Sons of Anarchy. And was it Kurt Sutter? I don't know. It's not on IMDb. Nothing. So. I don't know. So yeah, we'll have to um, to tweet him or something and find out. So the um, and the uh, did you recognize the the female reporter? Yes, mm-hmm. I I did. Yeah, I didn't. You didn't, Ali Sheedy. Oh no! Not at all. Yeah. Wow. Funny. Yeah. I, I like what, what Beecher and Keller say when, when they're interviewed. Yeah, we sing in the choir together. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Yeah. That made me think that that's just code that all prisoners use. Right? <laughs> it's like, sort of like tits. Yeah. And it's it's also 
that whole you don't say nothing scenario right and it's like you could like go on it's weird they want to get in front of the camera and talk about things but they're still got that guarded you don't give shit away mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and i love the warden's warning to the inmates <laughs> it's like <laughs> i'll be watching i'll be here <laughs> it's like what the fuck Glenn down the hammer? <laughs> That's like the worst principle ever. <laughs> <laughs> Prison sucks, well, guys. Let's not go. All right. <laughs> we'll make an act right now. <laughs> Pinky swear. <laughs> Let's avoid prison for the rest of our lives, shall we? Okay. Sounds like a plan. I don't know. I'm kind of wavering. It is free a free meal. <laughs> if Ryan O'Reilly's her cellmate, you know she's gonna go. <laughs> I don't think they have co ed prison. <laughs> it's not in this country. <laughs> Clearly in Mexico they do. Hmm. Has anybody seen Get the Gringo? No. Mel Gibson's new movie? No. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I know nothing about it. I know nothing about it either. It was also called How I Spent My Summer Vacation. <laughs> it's pretty badass. Okay. Check it out. It's available online. You can download it. Oh, cool. On demand it. Mm-hmm. You know, Mel can't get a film in the theaters to save his life these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Jewish community has an issue. Therefore, you shall not act. You shall not act. None shall. None shall act. And back in Oz, Keller is uh, back in the drug counseling group. Sister Pete was interviewed, but she's she won't talk about uh, Beecher and Keller specifically. And then Vern is interviewed. He says, he's not a monster. He's just a regular guy. The Ali Sheedy's uh, reporter, Lisa Logan... Uh, she is trying to find a way to get to Beecher's story. But um, then Eldridge comes in the next day and he talks to Saeed and only asks about Adebisi and the videotapes. He can see that the prison staff is getting nervous. Uh, what what Tim tells, the, tells him later, Tim tells him that he should talk to Martin Corns because Corns was there. But Corns comes to see Leo saying, this reporter is uh, wanting to talk to me about Adebisi. What do I do? Leo tells him, don't talk. <laughs> I guess it didn't occur to him to refuse to uh, do the interview. Then uh, Leo talks to Jack Eldridge off the record, uh, tells him he could have prevented Adebisi's death and that he should be fired. And I think that's when Eldridge decides not to pursue the Adebisi story. Mm. That little bit of bathroom business mm-hmm. wasn't convincing to me. No? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I get what they were going for, but I, I, do, I, I find it hard to believe that an, a reporter of the shock nature that this guy was supposed to be, mm-hmm. like, he was supposed to be like, Geraldo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. 
maybe they were trying to humanize him, but like that whole exchange between him and Glenn just seemed worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just two men shaking their dicks. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Don't that should be the quote of this. Talk to anybody in the back. I can I tell you right now. <laughs> Does that ever happen in real life? <laughs> Talks to anybody while they're holding me. <laughs> you don't want to even. You, if there are two yeah. stalls, you don't go to the stall next to the person. That's like bathroom etiquette. If there's like a third yeah. stall, you leave a stall space. I mean, yeah. I'm not talking stall, I'm talking urinals. If you go up to a urinal, you do not go to the next urinal. Yeah. But it, see, it looked like there were three of them, and Eldridge was the first one there, and he went to the one in the middle. So. He, yeah. he ruined it for everybody. Nobody does that because that means somebody has to stand next to you. Right. You always go to the edge. <laughs> this is a classic edge case scenario. <laughs> okay. Proper trough etiquette. I will educate you ladies today. Okay. <laughs> in case we're ever in that situation. If you're trying to fake it. <laughs> if you get a, um, a a go girl it's like a little funnel that allows women to pee standing up why so, why why well, why like if you're camping or something and you don't want to squat in the woods <laughs> that's exactly why yeah you can tell I'm the big camper yeah <laughs> Or if you, you go somewhere, there's a long line at the <laughs> women's room. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going for the men's room. Guys, don't, don't look. Think, I don't think that's considered cool either. <laughs> no, but I had to do it once. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, it was uh, when we were in... Um, with a go-girl? No, not with a go-girl. <laughs> but just I had to go... I had to use the, the men's room because the line at the women's room was like, you know, half an hour. Oh, heck, I've done that. <laughs> I've gone to the ladies' room when there, there was no ladies around, and the men's room was all stocked up. Well, there was there was a line at the men's room too, but there was a line of men and a line of women. <laughs> so, and the women were going to the stalls, the men were going to the urinal. It was all very uh, <laughs> civilized. Really? <laughs> yeah. This was in uh, when we were in uh, Washington D.C. for that march. Mm-hmm at the Smithsonian afterwards when everyone was going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I went to a men's room once, but it was at a gay bar in New Orleans. Yeah, I've gone to them in gay bars. <laughs> <laughs> was there anybody else in there? There was, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I had, I was a little inebriated and didn't care. Okay. I just had to go to the bathroom, so. Yeah. That was the closest one. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and frankly, I don't think I would have found my way to the women's room. <laughs> was there one? <laughs> you know, that's a that is a legitimate question because I have been in a lot of gay bars, mm -hmm. and not that they don't have women's rooms, they usually do. But I've gone into the ladies' room in gay bars and have been met by drag queens in there mm -hmm. and just said okay i'm going to the bathroom um yeah. 
and I've gone into them and there's been men in there too. And I've gone into ladies rooms and gay bars with gay men. So, you know, but anyway, yeah. Who who knew that this would turn into a (laughs) discussion on bathroom etiquette. (laughs) When you portray something on TV, we're going to take exception to that. We know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I just earned myself the gay bar expert badge. You did. <laughs> they don't call me the gay mafia princess for nothing. That's right. You're wearing your tiara right now, aren't you? I am. Yes, always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I found my place now. So after the uh, after the bathroom conversation with Leo and Jack Eldridge, um, we've already talked about uh, Omar and him ruining his chances of staying overnight in the cell. He just wants to get famous in Oz. He wants to be well known in Oz. So he's can't say that. That's not politically correct. (laughs) <laughs> He's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's also a drug addict, so is it the drugs that are doing that, or was he, uh, you know, what came first? He was a dumbass before he took the first snort. <laughs> <laughs> he was just pure dumbass. Yeah. Like, character I don't care about, dumbass. <laughs> Aww. I mean, which are the characters you get behind? You want to get behind somebody smart, right? Yeah, yeah, Maybe he's definitely... That you've said, oh, I love this guy. Besides, like, um, the guy on Seinfeld, the, the, uh, Michael Richards' character. Hello? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do we lose the feed? Am I on? No, no, no. <laughs> I can hear you just fine, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, thinking, but I don't know. So after after Cyril beats up Jack Eldridge, the the network decided not to air the documentary, and Jack Eldridge resigned in protest. And there was one deleted scene. Wait, I thought his producer resigned. Oh, she did too. Yeah, they both resigned. Oh, they did. Bunch of babies. <laughs> <laughs> damn network (laughs) the one deleted scene uh ryan is asking around about um who's gonna be uh spending the night with jack eldridge so i guess that some goes it it went somewhere in the middle of the episode so wouldn't that be toward the end because like or is this before he found out dumbass was yeah before he found out um about omar and started manipulating yeah Omar. See, that name was rescued by the wire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there is a much better Omar in the wire. And that, that, Omar, uh, the wire, the musical thing, brilliant. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, our next episode is Conversions. Conversions, written by T.F. <laughs> and T.F. is? 
Tom Fontana. Directed by Adam Bernstein. Theme converting. New inmate Burr Redding arrives, ready to take over the African-American drug scene. Dr. Nathan returns to M-City. Tid tries to make a deal with Schillinger. Glenn hires a new assistant named Flor- Floria Mills. The zealotry of a new prisoner, Jeremiah Coutier. Coutier? Coutier. Coutier? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the zealotry of a new prisoner, Jeremiah Coutier, mm-hmm. is met with skepticism. Several Chinese refugees are caught in a power struggle between Morales and Reddy. We see Tim's improvements to M-City. He, he shows weekly instructional videos, and he puts up a cage. So I guess instead of sending people to the hole, if they've just done like minor infractions, then they go in the cage, which is on a pedestal there in M-City. And Is first... it weird that when I saw the cage, I immediately thought of like go-go dancers <laughs> at a club? <laughs> See, that's that's what years in a gay bar, you know, that's what that right. That's what that is. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) The gay bar influence. (laughs) Was this a lesbian bar? No. So I don't get it. (laughs) Why would there be a cage with girls in it? No, a cage with guys in it. No, with go go boys. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Chris has never heard of that. <laughs> Does not compute. Why would anybody even think of that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go-go dancers are girls. They go-go go- boys are boys. <laughs> yeah. That's no-no dancers. <sighs> Don't get me wrong, I do appreciate a beautiful girl, but I will take a go-go boy over a go-go dancer. You have not seen clearly Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, the greatest (laughs) go-go dancer movie ever fucking made. Oh my gosh. If you saw that film, you'd understand that the term (laughs) go-go is only... Poor girl. <laughs> Just the first five minutes of that film are fabulous. Go, baby, go! <laughs> I I am going to go crash at your house for a month, Chris, and just yeah, watch, all, watch of all of these movies and TV shows awesome. that I need to watch. <laughs> you have a spot reserved. Come on down. Well, and is it fitting that the first person in the cage is Keller? <laughs> Speaking of a go-go boy. <laughs> that did make me smile. <laughs> Not going to lie. All right. <laughs> but Chris Keller is a go-go dancer, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. There are worse things in the world. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the episode where, like, they finally figured we've got these fuckers hooked. Break out the gay sex. 
<laughs> it's like they 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 played it light for the first two seasons. It was like, yeah, we don't we don't need to frighten off our customer. <laughs> we can get by. But I've noticed like a significant uptick in the amount of uh, <laughs> gay sex going on. <laughs> then hey, no problem. Uh, <laughs> as long as Chris Keller's involved, right? I'm just saying. I, it, this is an observation. I'm not making a judgment. I am just saying. Yeah, I found it interesting that three se- four seasons, four seasons into the show, someone finally said, "Hey guys, guess what?" <laughs> <laughs> Not enough sex. <laughs> the yeah. simulated um, blowjobs and other <laughs> activities have just gone through the roof. Well, Not to mention feces play, but that's just yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. Yeah. Well, first Tim decided he's going to give Omar another chance in M City. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That is the most retarded thing I've ever seen happen in this show. I know. Tim is just so gullible. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm, blazing, I'm blaming my New England uh, heritage. <laughs> it's edited me that term as a use for... Uh, edit that out. <laughs> that is, Stupidest thing I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alvarez was caught finally. So he was finished with whatever other project that he was working on. And, uh. Trying to get into Mexico. Yeah. He made it across the country to Arizona, trying to get in Mexico. And they said, uh, who are you? No. You're that escaped convict. <laughs> and we all know when escaped convicts are caught, they go back to the exact same prison that they came from. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't stand on that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, of course, he went straight to solitary. And his new neighbor is Omar. And... Uh, Omar says, hey, you're Alvarez? You owe me one. Because uh, he stabbed Gara. <laughs> and then we see Amelia's favorite scene. And Mayhem and Keller are now BFFs. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good day with Mayhem and Keller. Is it? Well, you know. Well, there's definitely a lot of plotting and, you know, People die. <laughs> People die when those two get together. <laughs> so I yeah, don't know. The show seems to have taken a break from Beecher. He suddenly became a background character. But not for long. Ooh. Well, in this episode, yes. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we see um, Tim and Gloria talking. And Tim asks Gloria to dinner. And this time, he, he really only means dinner. Right. Yes, <laughs> I think it's even a joke among the writers of the show at this point. It is. It is. <laughs> the character's like, oh, I really mean dinner. <laughs> I don't want to bang you. I just want to eat. <laughs> you want to go? 
<laughs> join me not as in in my bed you want to come <laughs> <laughs> and then um everybody's best friend claire shows up and uh she tells gloria hey i've been taking good care of ryan while you were gone <laughs> now, i've got a question for you about yes claire. do you think if diane hadn't left that Diane's that Claire would be like that Diane would be doing the things Claire is doing now. Hmm. I don't think so. I, I, I really feel as though there was a passing of the torch and Diane was really replaced by Claire. You think? Yeah. I mean, we needed a female CO. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that, Diane's character would have done the same things that Claire, Claire is doing. Claire is awful. I don't think Diane would have done that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I was going to say Claire's a heinous bitch, but Claire's awful. <laughs> you toned it down, huh? I did. Don't bother. It's okay. This is an explicit podcast. <laughs> she is totally uh, embraced all that uh, Oswald Penitentiary um, can offer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the character that they've developed here. Because, like, the thing she does, you know, killing people for an inmate, that's that means she's insane. For <laughs> She's already nuts. She's way beyond the pale. But, like, yeah. has realized that... Being insane here is like a playground, and she's playing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just wonder if Diane would have gone down that path, because Diane was a tragic character. She was a sad character. And maybe, like, the fact that she had a daughter might have kept that path from being explored. But it's interesting to think about what Nurse Jackie would have done if she was the person who had to uh, hook up with... uh, Mayhem. <laughs> and, yeah. I don't you know. think she ever would have done that, though. But. Well, why? I mean, it certainly isn't due to having a relationship with McManus, because so did our girl, Claire. Yeah. But once she finally accepted that that was over, <laughs> then she uh, she moved on to her next... Uh, she Cycle. moved on to Mayhem. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been interesting to see Diane do it. Maybe. Just a thought, kids. You can continue. Sorry. Okay. So Ryan confesses to Gloria that he killed Keenan, and then uh, Gloria goes ha- goes and has a long talk with Sister Pete, and she tells her that she really does love Ryan O'Reilly. More than just so. tell her, he tells her to kill him. He kind of puts himself in her hands. He sacrifices himself to her will. And the fact that she doesn't kill him means that he's right. I I, I now get the relationship, or I now buy the relationship mm-hmm. in those two, because he has a reason to believe at this point. Up until this point, he kind of hasn't. Yeah. And it's just been, you know, I'm a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> But I love Gloria and I'm doing everything for her. 
Hmm. And he tells her, like, you know, hey, here's the info. And she's like, I could have you on death row for this. And he's like, kill me. And she doesn't do it. All yeah. bets are Yeah. <laughs> she's clearly hooked. <laughs> Which is crazy because he killed her husband, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess she forgot about that. <laughs> she didn't break him anyway. She was breaking up with him. Or, you know, she was going out with Tim at one point. Yeah, when she and her husband were separated, yeah. Well, next, uh, we find out that the governor got his second term. So he's been reelected and... And he owes it all to Oswald State Penitentiary. That's right. <laughs> got the sympathy votes. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have lost to Rock. Yeah. <laughs> now, he would have been an interesting governor. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we meet uh, Leo's new assistant, Floria. Everyone loves her. <laughs> She's full of energy. And... She will amaze. Hmm? She's full of energy. She will amaze. Yes. Tim's going to ask her out for coffee. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he meant, he meant coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and the look on Glenn's face when he does it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he, oh, gosh. Glenn has gone to him and told him, it's kind of disgusting what you do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't phase him in the least. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His brain shuts down, and there you go. <laughs> Little Tim is in charge. There you go. I'm driving this boat. Let's get a lunch. Let's go to dinner. Let's have a cookie. I want some pie. <laughs> and in, in other prison romance news, uh, Boos Malice proposed to Norma. And, of course, she accepted. <laughs> and um, he's also... Uh, working on a new escape hole. He just can't stop digging. Digging tunnels. Yep. And he showed, he's, this time, you know, he told Reepadow about it. And so, you know, Reepadow's not going to be mad at him. <laughs> or try to split his throat in the night. Right. And next we have another, we, we have a conversion. Uh, Leroy Tid wants to become a Muslim. But Saeed is skeptical, as he should be, because Tid was one of Adebisi's buddies. And we find out later in this episode that we see Tid trying to make a deal with Schillinger that Tid will kill Saeed. He's going to go in and uh, be an undercover, undercover Muslim. <laughs> an undercover brother. There you go. Yep. <laughs> and we have a new prisoner. And I would say that uh, this guy is now Amelia's favorite. Last time we were talking about the 90210-ification of Oz. And now we have an actual former 90210 cast member. That's who he is. Yes. <laughs> Like Jeremiah Cloutier. He's all grown up. Dylan is all grown up. <laughs> he is. 
Oddly enough, I wasn't really a big fan of his. Oh, yeah? On the new 2.0. Who was your favorite character? Um, <laughs> no, because everybody's going to laugh at me. <laughs> uh, no, back in the original 90210 days, my favorite was David Silver. Mm-hmm. Who, um, for people who don't know, was Brian Austin Green. And he was kind of the nerd of the group <laughs> when the show started. <laughs> yeah, but he grew up to be like muscle bound and dating and married to Megan Fox. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you, was... you could pick him early. See, you can see into a nerd's heart <laughs> and a skill that he will become. <laughs> You've got a superpower. Mm -hmm. And. I still prefer Jimmy Olsen to Clark Kent, so. <laughs> what can I say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you'll be right there. You'll keep replaying that scene once he gets tossed in the hole, right? <laughs> anyway. Looking forward to that. All right. Is that a spoiler alert? Um, no, it's just a... <laughs> just wishful like, thinking. I know you're thinking it. <laughs> it's in their contract. Everybody gets in the hole. I can't wait. And that's what she said. <laughs> I can't wait for Sister Pete to be tossed in there. No. <laughs> I want McManus in the hole. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> So Cloutier was a televangelist who stole from his congregation. Oh no. Because <laughs> they never do that. <laughs> right? And so his first person he goes after for a conversion is Schillinger. Like, uh huh, right. Um, but he does put on a good show, Cloutier does, and apparently that convinces Schillinger. So he decides he wants to change his ways. Now that was a show, right? Like that was a plant in the audience by him. It had to be. And like he was hoping to get Schillinger to go along with that and be his plant. Down there. Because I'm confused. It seems like Vern is taking this serious. Mm hmm. He can't possibly believe that shit, <laughs> can he? I, I don't know. He, he obviously he wants to. Weird. Yeah, and so then he decides to do Sister Pete's interaction session with uh, with Beecher. Wow. So because all of Sister Pete's interactions have turned out so swimmingly. Yeah, or and this, <laughs> and you know, since Schillinger has changed, I'm sure this one will be fine. We have another new prisoner, uh, Ronnie Barlog, and he is an old friend of Keller. But, of course, he's Beecher's new cellmate, and so that gives Beecher and Keller something else to fight about. Yeah, it does. <laughs> now, who is this guy with the steely gray eyes? Uh -oh. Do you... Okay, I actually knew who this guy was. Yeah? Oddly enough. Um, 
I've seen him somewhere before. I just can't place him. His, the actor is called Brian Bloom. Mm-hmm. And I recognize him. This is has a few layers to it, so I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Not a few, actually, just a couple. But I recognized him because back in the 80s, his little brother, an actor called Scott Bloom, was on Who's the Boss? And he played <laughs> Alyssa Milano's boyfriend for several episodes. So when that show was running and this kid was on Who's the Boss, I was in that age where I was reading the, you know, Bob Teen Beat, Tiger Beat magazines. <laughs> and they would always have the Bloom Brothers in there. So I knew who this guy was. That's great. <laughs> And I looked him up on IMDb. He's got tons of credits, mm-hmm. a lot of voiceover work. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Chris, he's uh, the Overwatch commander in Mass Effect 3. Okay. He does that voice. Anyway. Actor, 18. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, his face is familiar. And mm-hmm. it's not those things, clearly. Because you can't see him. But, uh, Okay. Yeah, and he's um, well. Yeah, he's he's not around for long, but he's around long enough. And we have another new prisoner, Burr Redding, and uh, McManus says that he's he's the one to get the homeboys in line. To uh, you know, since Adebisi's gone, then they they need somebody to uh, to lead them. And so he figures that this old guy can can do it. He knew Hill back in the back in the day, and then we have the uh, the plot that I hated the most in Oz ever. Really? Yeah. The uh, the Chinese immigrants arrive. <laughs> that was completely random. Exactly. I, <laughs> I thought. Did Lost just watch? Did the guys who did Lost just watch Oz and pull their entire cast from them? Right? Right. The one who can speak English, Ken Leung. He played Miles, the one who believes in duct tape, just like me. <laughs> a very strong belief system there. <laughs> yes, duct tape, damn it. <laughs> yeah, this is how many so far? Like four? A lot. <laughs> yeah, because we've got Hill, Adebisi, Johnny Basil, and Ken Leung. And That's... get the uh, uh, the police commissioner from Oz. I mean, not uh, from yeah, uh, yeah. Um, from this, he's he's Mobe. he's back to Detective Johnny Basil now, rather than Desmond Mobay. So yeah, four of them. Oh, was no, never mind. Okay, I'm <laughs> okay. Would you believe I'm I'm crossing Lost and the Wire now? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, no, that was somebody else. That was the wire. That wasn't lost. Oh, and of course, Tim immediately starts flirting with their interpreter, the woman who comes in from the uh, <laughs> the Chinese embassy. Tim is shameless. He is. So, what is that like? Three in in one episode, he asked out three different women. <laughs> That's got to be a record. <laughs> That's. Ridiculous is what it is. <laughs> and then uh, Morales talks to 
talks to the the guy who can speak English and manipulates him into think thinking that Redding wants to kill him. But then Morales kills him. I don't get these prisoners being so easily manipulated. It's like watching Mean Girls. Because one, <laughs> all it takes is one prisoner to go, so-and-so is talking smack about you, and I think you should kill him. Yeah. And they're like, really? He said that? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, some of them believe it, some of them don't. So. Life is cheap in prison, I think. That's the yeah. point we're trying to get across. Yeah. And since this guy uh, was, you know, he's he's not a prisoner. He's he's a good guy, so he he wouldn't expect that, you know, that Morales was trying to um, manipulate him like that. He would he he thought that what he was hearing was the truth. And it led to a sad demise. Yeah. Another innocent death. And there was another um, deleted scene in this episode. Supreme Allah, he is in solitary. And he talks to his lawyer, who also happens to be his girlfriend, uh, about the murders of Shemin and Brown. And tells her that he suspects Chris Keller did it. Oh. And, you know, he's had a lot of time to think there in solitary. The next episode is Revenge is Sweet. Revenge is Sweet, written by Tom Fontana, directed by Goran Gajik, and the theme is Revenge. Morales looks to pit the Chinese against Redding. Alvarez offers Glenn his services as an informant. Dr. Nathan announces that inmates will be selected to test a trial drug. Tid proves his intentions towards Saeed and Arif are honorable. Barla, Keller, and Beecher become embroiled in a love triangle that intensifies when the FBI makes an offer to Barla. Intensifies? Hmm. <laughs> I know it's an interesting choice of words here in the uh, episode descriptions. It is. Well, we find out that revenge is a growth industry. And of course, where else would you want to grow it than in prison? And, you know, we saw a little bit of it with um, Mayhem in the first one in Medium Rare when he was going against the uh, the reporter. But anyway, in this one, it's about um, Redding and Morales and their, their battle. And Glenn and McManus think that Redding was responsible for the immigrant's death. I guess they they didn't. And they should know better, you know? They should know to look a little deeper in these stories. But um, I guess the people who were telling them who was responsible uh, were, were the, the Chinese immigrants who, of course, they would believe. So, who they wouldn't question too much. Um, then Alvarez begs to get out of solitary in exchange for informing on other prisoners, but he also wants to help Morales, who wants Redding dead. So it's, you know, it's just not going to work. It's going to be like, um, like his other deal with, um, with El Cid before, you know, 
Either they can. Hmm? The rock in the hard place. Yeah. And then also, a lot of the scenes in this episode were tinted green. And I wish there was like a commentary or something, you know, to to explain that. Because I tried to look for like a common theme in the, the green scenes, but I, I couldn't figure it out. You know? <laughs> or maybe I'm just noticing too much stuff. Maybe the guy who lit this episode just liked green gel. I guess. <laughs> Sometimes and, a cigar is just a cigar. All right. <laughs> the okay, there there was a drug trial, and I thought it was interesting that they agreed to do this also because again, it's the the Weigert Corporation that remember when they brought in the 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 corporation to do the medical care. Mm-hmm. This is the same corporation, but they knew that it was a like a conflict of interest because. You know, the, the CEO or somebody was, like, best buddies with the governor. Right. So, yeah. So, I don't know why or how it was agreed to again, but I guess just to have a story. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. But anyway, they're working on a, a pill that speeds aging, and it'll help prisoners get out faster because they're... <laughs> Their bodies will age 20 years. Feared into science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Of course, Tim is against it, and Gloria wants to, you know, Gloria is not because, you know, it's a medical trial, so. Tim is against it for a specific reason. Well, because it, it undermines the. Uh... No, that is not the reason Tim is against it. Okay, then why? Because the um, uh, O'Ma- O'Malley brothers. O'Reilly? O'Reilly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who the hell are they? Now you're crossing Gray's anatomy with us. Yes. <laughs> what? Ryan O'Reilly and his brother are involved, and that is the reason that he is all pissy about this. Because they, they, this, this comes up later. He, he, he wants to base the argument and then turned it into something else because that's what Tim does. And we have more scenes that Amelia just loves, right? Uh, Claire and Ryan (laughs) together again. Gross. But this time she's threatening Cyril because Ryan doesn't want to sleep with her anymore. Because she's gross. Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't choose to sleep with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Well, he he probably would have beat her up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Ryan was there to tell him, it's okay. And then didn't Cyril get into trouble again? Because Ryan wasn't there. Because of Claire. Yeah. In the, well, he was making a phone call. Did Or was that a different he... one? Oh, somebody Cyril. told him to get off the phone, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it and was then this one. He, uh... Oh, and he slammed the phone down on their fingers. Yeah. Basically doing another violent act that got him mm-hmm. on, on the charts. Yeah. And, you know, 
he has so many other problems. I don't I don't know why they would put him in this drug trial anyway. <laughs> because of science fiction now. <laughs> okay. All right. I won't even <laughs> I won't even go into it all then. <laughs> Just so. come on. It's a drug that ages people so they can leave jail early. Yeah. None of it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, this would be the plot line that I would have said. Wait, hold, stop. <laughs> I think you're you're taking reality and bending it way out of shape. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you just ran out of ideas or something. <laughs> um. This is a keeper. Yeah. I mean, you could do a real interesting story on the use of clinical trials on on prisoners, but it's like the making the thing that it does so outlandish and out there, mm-hmm. like that kind of saps a lot of the drama out of the scenario. Like it, it would be scary what goes down, like during the common room area. To me, it was like kind of humorous. <laughs> but like if it were something like you know it's supposed to benefit people but like it's dangerous and it could ruin your kidneys and people like suddenly just die, die. I don't know they, their choices are bizarre here mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well we, we see another prisoner we haven't seen in a long time uh, probably not since season one I think um, Jackson Vahue the basketball player. I guess he's been in another unit this whole time. And he's back and Hill wants revenge against him because they're they still there's still bad blood between the two of them. And Hill gets his revenge by sabotaging Vehu's parole hearing. Then we see uh, Giles and he's going to death row for killing Be- Bevilacqua. The bad bald man. Mm-hmm. And next we see the Muslims working out, and uh, Leroy Tid comes in and starts working out next to them. But Saeed sees that, and uh, <laughs> he's not having it. He kicks him out of there. Um, and <laughs> my comment here: Saeed is intense. <laughs> <laughs> that was some. Uh, you know, and he, he had a heart attack before he's going to give himself another one. So, uh, Hypertension. Mm-hmm. And Ted decides, yes, he's going to plot revenge with the Aryans to kill Saeed. So far, his plan is working, but even though Vern told them not to do it. And in, in one of his moments of insight, he says, This is Oz. People have a way of finding out the truth. <laughs> He's kind of mellowing out, huh? <laughs> Spending more time with the Reverend Cloutier. And then we see um, Cloutier talking to Timmy Kirk. And I, I like what he says to him. He says, uh, yeah, you've gotten by in life by being adorable. But you committed a man's crime. It's time for you to grow up and be a man. That was insightful. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, that's exactly how I get by in life. (laughs) (laughs) 
you, now you, you just can't commit a crime because then you'll have to grow up. I know. <laughs> That's why it's not on my to-do list. Okay. Mm. Unless Tim McManus is waiting there for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and, you know, Cloutier, he, he has a way of kind of like seeing what's really going on. So, or so it seems, yeah. Then um, we see the warden, he agrees to let Boosmalis get married as long as he doesn't dig any more tunnels. So, Boosmalis takes this to mean that he better fill up the one that he had already started. And Instead of just telling him right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's a big hole in my cell. <laughs> um, okay. I... You know, because technically, he's not. I can, I can buy that. I, I I can actually buy that. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like embarrassment of riches. He got what he wanted. He just wants to get the hell out, and certainly doesn't want to reverse the thing by ruining it by telling him anything. Mm-hmm. So I buy. It. Yeah. And the next scene we see. All the guys in Leo's office waiting there with Floria and flirting with her. I love your eyes. <laughs> and then that's when, when Tim makes his big move, asks her out to uh, his favorite diner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we find out that uh, Quern's is a warden now at a different prison, and Clayton Hughes is is one of his uh, one of his prisoners, uh, but you know he says he's not doing too well. So Leo has Clayton transferred to Oz in Unit J for cops. It's funny when when Hughes arrives, he says it's good to be home, Leo. And Governor Devlin is still annoying as ever. <laughs> and also in Unit J, we see Detective Johnny Basil. And I, I think he probably should have been sent to a different prison. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the purposes of the show, he's in Oz. Mm-hmm. And then Keller and Beecher. Why don't those two kids just admit they still love each other? Get back together? <laughs> now that would save lives. So. Is Gary Busey the guy in the prison? In the in the cop unit, a white haired guy. No, no. Why does this guy look so much like Gary Busey? <laughs> Maybe he was his stunt double or something. <laughs> does he? Doesn't he look like Gary Busey? He does. He does kind of look like Gary Busey. Gary Busey. But there's just something off. Very strange. He might be this guy, um, Tom Ligon. Tom Wait. what? Ligon, L-I-G-O-N. Is Alvin Yud? Is that the name of the character? Maybe. Might be him. Might be. He's got yeah. white hair. He's born. Yeah. In, born in 1945. <laughs> Alvin. L-I-G-O-N. Yeah. Yep, that's him. Okay. Well, thanks for solving that mystery. Sure. Bugging <laughs> <laughs> the shit out of me when I was watching the show. <laughs> I know. It, it happens a lot, though, during Oz. You know, it's like, who is that guy? Who's that one? It's funny. I never bother to look things up. <laughs> it's like I 
comes to me naturally or I just let it go and I get into the character being betrayed. Yeah. Like, Alex Keedy's character, she struck me as interesting, but like I didn't care to figure it out. Okay. Was she familiar at all? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. there was something weird about her. Uh huh. But like, I never would have been a billion years thought that was, you know, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not together. And then we have Ronnie talking to the FBI. He wants to trade information for a shorter sentence. Uh, he asks the only person he knows who knows to ask is Beecher because Beecher used to be a lawyer. But of course, Beecher is still loyal to Keller and tells him what's going on. Keller doesn't believe him, but then asks. Ronnie about it later. Ronnie lies to him, so Keller kills him. But was it because uh, because Ronnie slept with Beecher, or was it because he lied to Keller? Or was it because he kills homosexuals while he's getting serviced? <laughs> that's, he's been, <laughs> that's the thing that he was going to be busted uh, out for. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> so he's, he's a serial killer, huh? <laughs> Where's Dexter when you need him? <laughs> Not in jail. He's renting that funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a deleted scene. Uh, McManus talks to one of the Chinese refugees about the murder of his friend and asks him not to retaliate. Here at FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective, we're just dying to make your acquaintance. The critically acclaimed and Emmy Award-winning Six Feet Under aired on HBO in the early 2000s for five seasons. It was a quirky drama that took a darkly comic look at the dysfunctional Fisher family, who run an independent funeral home in Los Angeles. I'm Robin, and one of my favorite shows has always been Six Feet Under. I find the most fun way to rewatch any great series is with friends who have never seen it. So, following the format created by the great Buffy rewatch podcast, Potential Cast, I've invited my friends Dez and Moira to watch it with me. So hop in the green hearse with us and let's go for a ride. If you've seen every episode, this is a fun way to rewatch it. But if you're new to it, like us, you don't need to worry about spoilers. Visit us on the web at fishercast.blogspot.com. Or find us on iTunes. Just search for Fishercast. Fishercast, a six feet under retrospective. Every day above ground is a good one. The last episode here is Cuts Like a Knife. It was written by Tom Fontana, directed by Steve Buscemi, and the theme, Shanks. O'Reilly regrets getting Cyril involved with the trial drug when it starts taking effect. Meanwhile, Giles' request for an unusual method of execution creates controversy, and the Chinese refugees are deported, but not before plotting revenge on Morales. And in this one, Alvarez goes back to solitary. The, uh... <laughs> in the messiest way possible. <laughs> yeah. By leaving more blood on the floor of M-City. <laughs> I was thinking more of it, no. <laughs> but okay. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that's what got him sent back was the murder. But then, yeah, once he got there, he started to go nuts. That scene, of everything that we have seen, that's the one that nearly made me want to hop off the wagon and say, okay, I'm done. Really? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I think because him going crazy is one thing, doing that was just... I understand they had to show him going crazy somehow mm -hmm. and they have limited resources when he's in a prison cell. <laughs> well, at least you know it was fake, but still it looked pretty real. It did. It was just, you know, it was disgusting. I don't need this in my entertainment. <laughs> right. Like, I can't like the peeing in a bucket that. scene. Right. Cannot be unseen. Yeah. Yeah, worse than peeing in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> so. One guy, no cup. Oh. <laughs> okay. And Busmalis comes back to M-City, thanks to his pal, Ribadow, who talked to the warden on his behalf. And I, I don't know why they don't just put these guys in a cell upstairs, you know? They wouldn't have this uh, tunneling problem. <laughs> that makes too much sense. Okay, never mind then. You <laughs> like to tempt the fate. Hmm? Like yeah. I was actually quite pleased with... Uh, the turnaround here for the character that they were remember I was feeling bad when he they, they decided to make him a killer <laughs> yeah Ribadow. Mm -hmm. I, I it was like heartwarming to see Ribadow so like giving in this situation yeah but there was this one scene where he touches the girl's hand that you get like this notion that this might lead to jealousy or something mm. comforting her and it was like uh oh <laughs> okay yeah but maybe that was nothing I, I mean I thought his speech to the warden was excellent mm -hmm. like I've been here how long and I've never stepped up for anybody come on mm -hmm. isn't that enough <laughs> yeah apparently it was <laughs> and then we get we get Tim's opinion on the drug testing project again. I think this is where he said it it undermines the whole point of corrections. So, so Hawk, I, I got a question. Sure. Uh, this actually goes back to solitary. Why are some people in solitary allowed to have clothes? Well, it's not the whole. Ah, I see. So, yeah. So guys are in solitary but the hole seems to be right next to solitary yeah i think it is it's probably in the same the same general area but that's more End of, of a hallway. punishment right <laughs> End of the hallway yeah because it was like weird like they're in solitary but their windows are open and they can talk to people who walk by isn't that uh -huh. not solitary <laughs> isn't that just like a section of the place with 
cell. Well, they're in the cell alone. So yeah. I guess they could talk to each other if they wanted to, but uh, but then, you know, the guards could close the... They, and sometimes they do, but, like, often those things are open as new people come into the solitary area. Yeah, and they should probably be closed in that case. It's just confusing to me. I'm easily confused. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So Cyril wakes up one morning with gray hair. Because, yeah, that's realistic. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, like you would just wake up and it would all be gray, even the hair that had grown out like months ago. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> women had stripped out all the juice. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> so, and then, but Ryan noticed that he's not aging. So he wants out of the study because they're supposed to be on the same pill. And then, luckily for them, another prisoner just drops dead, and the trial is ended. And then Gloria goes to dinner with Tim. And I said, is this season one again? <laughs> and she <sighs> said she doesn't want to go home. Oh, that's right. It is dinner. It's a real Tim dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Saeed accepts Tid into the group and his new name is Salah Yudin and he's still going through with his, his plan but once he gets to the point where he's about to kill Saeed he can't do it when Saeed is taking a nap and he's about to stab him but he doesn't and then when Saeed wakes up Tid says you're safe from me right <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Omar. <sighs> <laughs> he's back in M City, and he still still wants to make an impression on people. He just has trouble with that. People don't remember him. Didn't so, Omar only have one more chance? Yeah, but he's back. He's back. Yeah, okay. Just checking. And so he uh, he shanks McManus. And the other inmates applaud as he is dragged away. <laughs> no way McManus was dying from this. There was not even a hint of McManus being threatened, or his livelihood being threatened. Since, like, at all times, his eyes are open and he's awake. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll see next episode, right? <laughs> You're going to tell me Tim's dead? I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> um, then Detective Johnny Basil's partner comes to visit, and he apologizes, but she's not ready to accept his apology. I don't know. I'm. I thought she just said "fuck you." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and Clayton Hughes still has problems facing reality. Um, a new Chinese inmate arrives. And he's the the one who uh, brought all of these people over, and the the refugees get deported back to China. But not before one refugee makes a request. Yes, he asks him to kill Morales, and that would make up for the death of of their friend. And he said it was an honor thing. 
Yeah. Are you an honorable man? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we know he's not, right? <laughs> or it would appear that he's not. It would appear that this had some uh, impact on him. Yeah. So the pot has been stirred. Mm-hmm. So this was your least favorite plot in Oz? Were the, the refugees. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was short and sweet. It came in, it got its business done, and it got out. Well, what did you hate so badly about it? It's just random. Yeah, it's like, what? that wouldn't happen. There's no way. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's the incredulity, incredulity of the event. Yeah. I, and, I, and then, uh, you know, I guess... It's like okay, but I'm still watching it. But then when the when the drug drug trial came along, it's like ugh, whatever. <laughs> the drug trial for me was a little far more. In the science that was yeah. Like I could take this with all the others. Like okay, <laughs> shit's yeah. just happening. <laughs> right. Weird shit's happening. In Oz. I, I believe that they house refugees with prisoners, hardened murderers. <laughs> that like, would never happen. <laughs> Far more than there's a pill that ages you, <laughs> and if you take it, we'll let you out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But really, all they have to do is, you know, instead of a pill, just feed them junk food for, like, <laughs> a few years. Let them eat. Um, Pringles. Eat, eat these Pringles. Yeah, because that's real food. Pringles and Tang. How about that? <laughs> I remember when Pringles came out and they were like a miracle food, man. It was like, oh, chips that are perfect. Each one. Yes. That. I could count and I counted how many Pringles are in the can. <laughs> and then I counted another can to see if it matched. It was just like matching. <laughs> and they had like, a story of Pringles on the back of the can which showed <laughs> processing that the chip went to to become what it is only in a cartoon not in real life that would probably disgust you and keep you from ever eating a Pringle yeah (laughs) because processing plants are terrible places (laughs) Mm -hmm. they had to explain to people what is this miracle food (laughs) it was awesome Pringles are awesome I know they're bad for you, but they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, they like, taste great. These were the things that showed you, like, time marches on and technology is happening. Like, I remember when we went from pull tabs to, like, just pushing mm-hmm. a tap in on, and, like, you didn't have pull tabs anymore, and a whole brand of artwork went away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I had a whole big chain of those those pull tabs on. I, like, draped around my mirror in my room it was ridiculous that was that was what everybody did with those yep it was a whole art form and it was destroyed by the can (laughs) it's all in one piece now think think about how safety conscious we are now yeah little weapons man (laughs) like you pull those things but they were razor sharp. Right. Those those were those were the sh- the shanks. I'm sure they, the prisoners used them as shanks back then. No, right? those were like kindergarten shanks, man. Kindergarten <laughs> shanks. Awesome. Those were Stewie Griffin shanks. 
gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm marching. So, yes. And back in Oz, we have uh, Suprema Law and Burr Redding feud. Because um, supposedly Supreme told the cops where to find Hill the night he was arrested and tossed off a building and put in a wheelchair. And so while and also while Supreme was in solitary, he figured out that um, Keller and O'Reilly killed Shemin and Brown and set him up for the for the murder. Exactly. How did he figure this out? Because he had a lot of time to think. <laughs> so his brain pieced it together. Yeah, because you know he's a better detective than uh... <laughs> all the guards in Emerald City. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he, he was probably privy to other rumors and things, too. So, In solitary. Sure. As people walked by, like, hey, you, so-and-so, you know, they, they would talk in code. I don't know. I'm making this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Father Ray is back, and he's a little disturbed that Cloutier has converted his favorite altar boy. The, the best quote from that scene and Cloutier says, that's not faith, it's showbiz on a stick. <laughs> that did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, um, Father Ray's trying to be nice and polite and everything when he's talking to Cloutier, but Cloutier says, well, yeah, you're just jealous and this and that and the other. So he, he kind of sees what's going on there, too. And then we have another interaction session Schillinger and Beecher but it's interrupted uh, because Hank's body Hank Schillinger's body was found in Massachusetts and of course Schillinger's first reaction he says he's going to kill all of Beecher's family and Robson starts with uh, Beecher's brother in the visiting room he stabs him I don't think he dies but um Beecher says the only way to end this is for him to let let Vern kill him because with with Beecher's death, you know Schillinger's not going to be coming after him or his family anymore. And then at that point, Keller knocks out Beecher, and then he goes and confesses to killing Hank, and asks Cloutier to uh, to tell Vern that it was him and not Beecher. Beecher didn't even know about it, and. Uh, Vern believes him. That explains what was going on. Okay. <laughs> I think I passed out during this pe- period. <laughs> because uh, I missed okay. I, I, but I woke up with a whole him taking the fall for something he didn't do. Mm-hmm. And saying, you know, I'll see you either here or in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Well... What what you missed in there was uh, pretty important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, another another miracle occurred um, in the in the interaction session. Um, you know, Schillinger went back. It, they they had another interaction session, and they both kind of forgave each other and shook hands. So the feud's over. Really, for real? It's over. And then, Unless the truth will out. Hmm. Yes, Vern did say that. The truth always comes out in Oz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> we'll see. But in the meantime, Keller is being transferred out to another prison for killing Hank Schillinger. And Sister Pete talks to him before he goes, says that God finally did choose him. He got what he wanted in, in that arena. And then uh, Beecher comes to say goodbye. The two of them have finally, I guess they're, they're back together. Well, yeah, and there was a deleted scene. That um, and in the deleted scene, they they did um, they got Keller and Beecher got back together, and Keller moved back into the uh, to the cell, and um, of course, then it, Beecher says, "Welcome home," and they're like an old married couple. It was it was really a cute scene, so it's too bad that it was uh, it was deleted. I think that I also missed something in there. Okay. Um, I was just confused by something. How exactly was Keller supposed to have killed Hank? He arranged for the um, the hit. Okay. Uh, same way that Be uh, that Beecher actually. Did. Yeah. Okay. That I could figure out, but he's being transferred to another prison because what? Because that's where the body was found. But in reality, the actor is going to go uh, work on Special Victims Unit wow. on on that show. <laughs> For the next ten years. So. <laughs> so he's gone. Well, unless he sees Beecher in heaven. Because God, God doesn't have the balls to keep them out. <laughs> Sense. So people are just poaching at Oz at this point. It's like, he's a good actor, let's take him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's why um, why Father Mikado was gone for a little while. Because, you know, he, he plays a psychologist in one of, well, in several of the uh, Law & Order shows, I think. He's mostly special victims unit. Yeah, but I think he was on one of the others, He's too. Probably did a bunch of them, but... Yeah, but yeah, mostly special victims. So, and I, I think that's that's why he disappeared for a couple of episodes. You know, they're all going to the same show, so they have to kind of... <laughs> kind of staggered, I guess. I don't know. But then, um, there it was Hill's closing lines here in this in this episode... That uh, inspired me to uh, to write a short story. This was a. It's like the last five minutes of this episode were really powerful. I guess I gotta watch them again. So, what are these words? The worst stab wound is the one to the heart. Sure, most people survive it, but the heart is never quite the same. There's always a scar, which is meant, I guess, to remind you that even for a little while, someone made your heart beat faster. That's a scar you can live with, proudly, all the days of your life. So, okay, the two deleted scenes, um, the one I've already talked about with Keller moving back in the pod, um, the other one, Mayhem and Alvarez talk about Alvarez's cross-country trip. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, when they were sitting around watching TV. And that's was it. Anything, was it what? Was there anything in the, that deleted scene like anything useful 
No, nothing, nothing useful. So that's probably why they cut it. <laughs> they were just talking about traveling across country. You said there were two deleted scenes? Yeah, the second one was uh, Keller moving back in the pod with Beecher. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, next time, we have The Blizzard of 01, Orpheus Descending, Even the Score, and Famous Last Words.